welcome to a new edition of the brand called You. I've brought you many, many interesting people. And today, I think we have someone I would call a quintessential entrepreneur who's done amazing work in identity. Sanjeev Shriya, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mr. Dosh. Sanjeev is the founder of uh, Smart Chip and Syscom, uh, which uh, is all about smart cards, SIM cards, biometric identity solutions. And he has been associated from the very first SIM card in 1995 to Aadhaar, to augmented and digital security. You've seen it all. Sanjeev, tell me a little bit about your early career. Well, you know, Ashutosh, uh, I um, actually come from a Marwadi entrepreneurial family. So, you know, a business uh, kind of runs in the family. Um, chartered accountant, uh, studied chartered accountancy, uh, never practiced, mm-hmm. uh, always intrigued by technology. Correct. Uh, early days, um, somehow I remember that um, the whole notion of identity and uh, I would say communications enamored me. Mm-hmm. I remember um, even when I was 9 or 10, I was wondering about, you know, how people get identified. And, and I didn't know that, you know, these two things would shape my life. Mm-hmm. So um, I've been thinking about uh, identity, the issue of identity. Uh, communications, how people can talk to each other, early days. Mm-hmm. But I was a entrepreneur late. I started, you know, this journey only when I was almost like 35. So late entrepreneur, okay. uh, earlier involved in the family business. Okay. okay. So, you know, uh, let's talk of uh, IDEMIA. Um, tell me what it stands for and what, what do you do? You know, I started um, Smart Chip in uh, 1995, uh, so early days, you know, my philosophy or I would say the passion has been that, you know, uh, look for early trends mm-hmm. um, and try to get into a market early. So uh, when I started the company, of course, you know, uh, started with SIM cards. Um, the first, very first SIM card in the country was uh, delivered by me wow. to all the operators. We had a at that time, Hutchison. And did you bring this technology from somewhere? Yes, or at that time, uh, at that time, there was some uh, German company with okay. whom I had collaborated. Uh, of course, you know, it was really new to the country. Sure. But uh, we very early kind of uh, brought it in the country and started developing in it. Uh, delivered the first, um, built the first driving license in 1999. Uh, smart chip enabled. Smart, yeah, okay. card enabled, chip enabled in Gujarat. Um, and then on and on, you know, uh, started uh, doing number of us uh, in, in 25 years. You know, you yeah. if you come to a market early, you Correct. naturally generate a number Correct. of us. Correct. Including Aadhaar. Including the Aadhaar program. Uh, and, you know, that has been kind of a defining uh, stage in my uh, own professional, Correct. when I would say entrepreneurial career. Mm. So, uh, you know, when the company uh, grew big um, over a period of time, um, you know, there's a always a decision on, whether you want to do it alone or, you know, partner with somebody larger. And um, 10 years ago, I decided to kind of uh, get, um, have a deeper relationship with our technical, I would say, partners or, um, you know, companies with whom we were working. So, Idemia is a global leader. Uh, It's a French uh, company, actually. Uh, Global leader in uh, digital identity and security worldwide. It's a worldwide player. Uh, we are playing, a, we are in joint venture uh, with them and uh, kind of uh, um, now now the technology that we have built or we, you know, kind of deliver uh, is available globally. Correct. So tell me, you know, 
this whole question of identity um, is an absolutely fascinating subject. And what kind of securities can be built to protect my individual identity? Yeah, it's very important. Uh, actually, uh, first, let me dwell a bit on identity itself okay. because I think uh, this notion is less understood. And I think the importance of it is less understood. Agree. So, uh, you know, many, many of us uh, who are, let's say, a bit more uh, fortunate mm -hmm. uh, living in urban areas or, you know, actually we are plagued by too many identities. Correct. So, you know, you are managing your own identity, then you have your social identities. And so, you know, the three circles of identity, Correct. like the one that you're born with, the one that the government grants you and the one that you are known for. Correct. Correct. The brand called you is your identity. Yeah. Uh, but there are less fortunate people in the villages who actually have dearth of identity. Correct. So they don't have what is called an acknowledged identity. Correct. I exist, but nobody believes that I exist. Correct. And that's the problem that uh, you know I was always uh, wanting to solve. And Aadhaar became one of the uh, you know the Aadhaar, the foundation through that. True. So. Uh, Paradox, of course, the question comes is that, you know, um, if you start identifying people, at what stage do you, you know, kind of get into Stop. the privacy okay. uh, issue? Because Absolutely. I think that that's going to be the sequitur of your question. Correct. That uh, where does identity, uh, you know, the goodness of it end and the invasiveness start? I, uh, I think uh, this question uh, remains um, to be answered differently for different contexts. And... Uh, and probably for different people and for different, different people. stages and of life. For different people. I mean, uh, one example would be that uh, all of us give our identities to Apple. Mm. We give it to Google mm. and we are happy about it. Yeah. You know, you want to go from place A to place B. Uh, you want to use maps. So maps knows where you are. Exactly. And yeah. they know your mail and they know your pictures and photographs. And at the end of the year, they even tell you. <laughs> they even tell you where which other places you've been to. Yes. <laughs> and when was the last time you visited this yeah. place? Yeah. Uh, by the way, that's the way I found your place. So, uh, so anyhow, uh, that's that's what we give to get something. Correct. So, actually, today, you know, when you uh, when you the topic topic of identity and the privacy associated with it uh, deals with this, uh, I would say, delicate balance mm -hmm. of uh, when it becomes uh, something that you give willingly. So, consent is important. I would say. And uh, recently, uh, there have been two judgments by the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. Actually, they're very interesting reads. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're a good reader, you, you would want I'd, to read yeah, them. I'd love to read them. I'd love to read them. And they deal with the whole context of how identity can be defined. Mm -hmm. Which parts are private, which parts are untouchable, mm -hmm. and which parts can be kind of invoked or used, correct. either for larger good or for social purposes. Of course, you know, as the world is evolving, people are talking of other notions yeah. like self-sovereign identity. You know, I want to give as much of my identity as I Correct. want to give. Correct. And so, you know, it's, I, it's a complicated no, subject. No, no, I mean, you know, I know that when we are now traveling to the US or any other parts of the developed world, we are happily giving our fingerprints, we are yes. giving our retina scans, we are giving everything. Yes, yes. Exactly. And we're doing it because we don't have a choice. We're not sitting and fighting with <laughs> immigration saying, I won't give it. Yes, because, you know, the, you make the choice between giving it or not entering. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well said. So, you know, uh, 
you have been associated with the biggest government programs, you know, from Aadhaar to the Rashtriya Swasthya Bima Yojana to the Jandhan Yojana. Yes. Um, and we just spoke of identity. How is technology empowering the vast masses of our country? And actually, that has been my passion. Correct. See, the, the biggest difference comes at the bottom of the pyramid. Correct. And uh, that's where they need it the most. That's where they need it the most. And that's where the technology, I would say, changes the lives of people. Mm -hmm. um, early days, um, very early days because of my involvement with the uh, you know, cellular mm -hmm. uh, technology, I had a chance to visit many, many villages in um, UP, mm -hmm. in Delhi. Um, and, um, you know, I wanted to see the impact of my SIM card, or let's say the technology on the lives of people. Right. And uh, I have met people who are 80 years old, whose first communication in their lives has been on a mobile phone. Amazing. So they had never ever made a telephone call, even with a landline. Mm -hmm. So, so you see, technology is uh, disrupts uh, people at the bottom of the pyramid a lot. It impacts them, and we we don't see it. Uh, so, in the same way, these three programs have. Uh, really impacted uh, people in rural India, the lives of uh, ordinary people, uh, disintermediated. Aadhaar is known to have disintermediated the issues of delivery of money to, to the last mile. The direct benefit transfer. The direct benefit transfer. Jandhan uh, Yojana. Uh, I was fortunate to have been on the task force for the Jandhan Yojana. So I've seen the impact of uh, what a simple bank account can do to the lives of people, correct? Uh, today, there are more than 15 or 20 billion dollars uh, held held in those accounts. And, um, you know, if somebody has saved 10,000 rupees or 20,000, which is lying in that deposit, at least the money is safe, correct? And uh, change lives because, I agree. you know. And, and, and uh, this empowerment is what, if I can use the term, a one-way street. I mean, it's only going to get better and yes, better. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Uh, the, the RSBY program, you know, the Swasthpima Yojana, mm. 150 million people mm. to receive cashless health insurance. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I guess these are unprecedented things that... Yes, yes. Amazing. The scale is unprecedented. Mm. And today, today, Aadhaar, um, just, to, just to add here, I think, I think this is a program that is uh, being sought by many, many countries. Right. Because the problems that we were having are the problems that uh, you know many African lot nations, of, lot all subsidy flows, yeah. all of them face. I agree. I agree. So let's talk biometrics a little bit. You know, uh, around the world, and I'm sure in India as well, there is a group of people who think that biometrics invades my privacy. Yes, they do. Hmm. So what are your thoughts <laughs> as as the guru of identity? Well, you know, uh, <clears throat> we have to define the word invades. Hmm. And then we have to divide, define the word privacy. Correct. Uh, obviously, uh, the central theme is consent. So, if I give away something, if I am giving my biometrics uh, with consent, uh, now that consent, then I, I give something to get something, mm. which is the example we cited uh, some time back. In case of, um, in case of, um, should biometrics be used for general surveillance? I disagree. And there are some activism on that. Uh, you know, use of face technology for massive surveillance uh, being done in some yeah, large countries. I agree. 
there are some activists in this regard in the US. But I think the general consensus is coming that if we use it A with consent and B for larger good, uh, I think people who don't have much to fear are not so much anxious about it. Fair enough. So Sanjeev, one more question uh, on identity before I move to the next segment. Um, this is the age of millennials. How are millennials adapting <clears throat> to all this new technology? See, there are four large trends, Ashutosh, in our world. One is the increasing use of what I call transactions. Okay. Now, these transactions could be payment transactions, they could be transit mover, movement of people, they could be, you know, transactions of uh, uh, sending goods and objects. Mm -hmm. So, increasing use of transactions. The second large trend is mobility. Okay. Uh, I want to consume as much as I can in a mobile context. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we hardly use laptops. Correct. Most of the time we are on our communicating phones. on our phones. So, mobility. Correct. The third is, of course, security. Because we want to be careful and we are becoming more and more conscious of our digital assets mm -hmm. and how we want to preserve or conserve uh, what we want to give away. Correct. And the fourth is convenience. Right. I don't mind giving away some stuff if I if life becomes easy for me. Absolutely. So these are some large, four large trends. Mm -hmm. Now, if you come back to millennials, actually they these trends are being defined by them. Amazing. Yeah. Because almost all millennials, you know, mm -hmm. uh, they are living on their mobile phones. Correct. Uh, they are moving around. Mm -hmm. uh, they are conscious of their their you know digital assets. Correct. And they are shaping, they are shaping the uh, future of how identity or I would say digital security in general would be kind of consumed. Um, many and more people, you know, we are talking of using different means of payment, for example. Uh, I don't want to use cash. I want mm -hmm. to use cards. I don't want to use cards. I want to use a phone. I don't want to use a phone. I want to use a QR code. So millennials, of course, you know, they are the biggest consumers yeah. and they are defining our trends in as well. Yeah, wonderful. So let's move on. Let's talk to you about startups and entrepreneurs. You know, you've done your own and I'm sure you've invested in many. My first question to you, uh, and I get different views on this. Should a startup entrepreneur go solo or should they have a co-founder? I think having a co-founder is good. Okay. The reason is that um, anyways, you, you need to, as an entrepreneur, you need to create belief mm -hmm. because you start alone. Yeah. Even if you hire an employee, you have to create belief. Okay. Now, if you can't find a founder, it means that you have, a, you have something missing mm -hmm. that you are unable to create belief. I see. Okay. I've never not heard this yes. perspective. That's fantastic. The other thing is that usually you will find that a co-founder would have a balancing effect because you know an individual has his own way of dealing biases, with things yeah. bias mm -hmm. a chance is that a co-founder would be a good balancing force okay. and because he is coming as an equal mm -hmm. may not be in terms of ownership interest sure, sure. But, but the journey is uh, as equals mm -hmm. I, I think there's a lot of value well said well so the next question is that and this is for the thousands of people who listen to us and will hear us chat. A lot of them are entrepreneurs. 
What, in your view, are some of the basic mistakes a lot of startup entrepreneurs make? I think they oversimplify things. Okay. See, today, different from our times, mm. uh, you know, uh, getting uh, funding is relatively simple. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> uh, many, many entrepreneurs believe that uh, it's it's rather easy mm. to be successful. Mm. Uh, I think I think we the entrepreneurs should treat the VCs money as their own. Correct. Difficult to do that, yeah. but uh, yeah. better to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, invest uh, deeply and patiently. Mm-hmm. Be patient. Uh, you know, scaling up too early, uh, not ready, but looking after value. You know, chasing valuation. Mm-hmm. These are some. Uh, these are the current issues that uh, that entrepreneurs face. So you just mentioned scaling up. My, my next question is on scaling up. You know, VCs tend to drive startups to say that when you'll be pan-India. Pan you know, I love this term. Everyone says pan-India. <laughs> and I've often told people, you know, just be pan-Gurgaon and you've got 3 million people. Exactly. Sitting. And exactly. if you go to pan-NCR, you've got 22 million. Yeah, exactly. What, according to you, is the time when uh, they should start to look at scaling up? See... A lot will depend upon what business you are in. Correct. So, are you dealing directly with consumers? You know, these days many many entrepreneurs are going B two B. Yeah. So, you know, the answers will be different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's say generally this question is uh, directed towards a B two C context. And I think uh, you you said it well mm-hmm. that it's uh, it's good to be a reasonably dominant uh, name or brand or service in a finite geography. Correct. Than being a rather uh, also ran in a larger job and say you're, you're pan-India and say you're pan-India so you know being pan-India is not enough I think the value comes when people or your consumers want you and even more when they can't do without you so now uh, at what stage will that uh, stage reach mm. uh, that's for the individual to decide but I but you know chasing geography uh, <laughs> may not be the best way to uh, get success. Okay. So, uh, one more question on uh, startups before I move to a few personal questions. You mentioned that now raising money is not so difficult. And yet, one of the biggest challenges a lot of startups even today face is raising money. What would your advice be to startups on when they should raise money? Well, today, fortunately, the uh, the environment allows uh, founders or entrepreneurs to raise money at various stages mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. development cycle. Uh, I meet a lot of them, many of them. not as many as you do, but perhaps few few mm-hmm. of them. But most in most cases, I find that they are less prepared. You know, they have not done their homework well, and and. And they, they need to reach that stage before they can, you know, make a pitch to a, even an angel. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately, now there are some accelerator programs that are available. So, you know, people should benefit from them. Uh, fortunately, there are many more entrepreneurs today. You know, there is not so much, I would say, fear of failure, if you want to call it, or the stigma of failure, uh, as it used to be uh, early some days, time back, yeah. some time back. So there are more people who are, I would say, 
wanting to be entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. uh, willing to take those risks. Okay. So, I mean, there is no golden rule on how to raise money. Uh, you know, today, today the, the question is more on the side of the people who want to put money, mm-hmm. that they need to find, separate the wheat from the, from the yes, chaff yes, yes. and uh, put money uh, on something that that is a higher chance of success. Okay. Yeah. Well said. So a few questions for you now personally. My first question to you would be that over the years, and you've been such a successful entrepreneur and uh, you said you started at 35. Over the years, have you had any people who had a strong influence on you? And if yes, what have been your learnings from them? Yes. I think the uh, one person in my family and one person from the outside. Okay. So first of all, my mother, uh, she, she, she taught me empathy uh, and consistency. So she used to say, you know, that you need to be empathetic to people and uh, kind of uh, be able to create empathy so that people can be with you. Correct. Uh, and you have to be consistent. Consistent also means hard work. Yeah. So, I mean, these are general messages that uh, I guess all mothers give. Uh, my, I got mine Absolutely. Uh, from my mother. And Very I valuable really, lessons. And, and I really treat it. Uh, I've internalized it. Right. The other is Mr. Professor C.K. Prahlad. Okay. So I had a chance meeting with him. And we, you know, his favorite topic, topic was fortune at the bottom of the pyramid. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, I, and I think that made a deep impact on me. Mm-hmm. To some extent, uh, it was already, uh, you know, a passion that I used to have. Mm-hmm. How I could be impactful at the uh, at the grassroots, yeah. Yeah. and uh, hearing him or talking to him, spending some time with him, uh, and reading his books mm-hmm. uh, made me believe that uh, there there should be a higher purpose to making money, correct? Uh, making correct. and changing lives of people is uh, I it's think deep, deeply satisfying. Absolutely right. My next question to you would be that, you know, what would be three words that define Sanjeev? Um, three words that define me. Uh, optimistic. Okay. Uh, empowering. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love to empower people and delegate. And I would say trusting. Okay. Trusting. Yeah, all, all great words. All great words. And I'm sure... Everyone who works with you must be loving you. Yeah, uh, I, I think if you can, if you can be, if you can be optimistic, because you know, entrepreneurship is bound to have failures, mm-hmm. bound to have difficulties, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, if you feel optimistic uh, of the outcome, uh, eventually, uh, you know, you succeed. Correct. Correct. You know, you may succeed less or more, but you you get out of the issues. True. 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 So Sanjeev, it's, this is an interesting segue into my next question and you just spoke of failure. Um, I asked this question on failure to everybody. Because my <laughs> hypothesis is that in India particularly, in Asia in general, we don't teach our children that it's okay to fail. Everywhere is come first, be first in the queue, first in the line, first in class. And if you are first, then some of, you know, I've heard parents take the, why are you associating with yourself with other friends who are not as good as you? Yeah. And therefore, failure is difficult to appreciate and, uh, and comprehend in our country. And yet we fail all the time. Yes. 
So my question to you is, what have been some of your learnings from some of your mistakes or your failures? See, uh, Ashutosh, you, you, you said it all that uh, there has been in the past and I think now the trend is changing, correct? Uh, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, there were only two or three professions. Correct. Doctor, lawyer, <laughs> and you yes. know, uh, if you were a little bright, you could become a chartered accountant. Chartered accountant, <laughs> and if you were exceptionally bright, you became an IAS. It became an IAS, right? Fortunately, uh, that pressure has uh, kind of you know now yeah. you could become a sportsman, you could become a DJ, you, could, you know, you know, people started. Right. So the parents have eased off. I would say that yeah. generally, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and I'm I'm a parent. I'm mm. quite liberal mm. uh, in that aspect. But uh, coming back to uh, coming back to failure, mm. uh, obviously uh, the stigma of failure is also failure. Correct. Uh, I think uh, I think uh, it was a big problem. It is a big problem when you are dealing with banks, mm. because there it is a bit more kind of constrained correct. in terms of the context of lending, mm. uh, funded by VCs or funded by private equity. Mm. Uh, so long as you are, the failure is coming out of you know. Out of 10 businesses that they invest in, uh, only one or two will be hugely successful yeah. and three or four might mm -hmm. fail and would fail. Mm -hmm. So I think that stigma is is uh, <clears throat> declining rapidly okay. and that is giving rise to entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. uh, what would be a lesson that I would give is that, you know, if you're optimistic, if your belief system is strong, mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, failures are transient mm -hmm. because... Uh, uh, they will come and one fine day, you know, the sun will shine again. Correct. 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 Now, if you are in a bad space or if your model is wrong, then accept it. Correct. And move on. And move on. I agree. So my last question to you now, uh, and I come back to startups and entrepreneurship. Um, what would your advice be to uh, a young entrepreneur starting off his or her life? looking ahead at Sanjeev and saying, what an incredible success. What would your advice be to them? Uh, for a new guy who wants to start something, yeah. First of all, create belief in yourself. Okay. Because, you know, it's a whole question of positivity. Mm. And if you have belief in yourself and you're, if you're convinced about the idea. Don't be convinced about the idea of making money. Mm. Be convinced about the business that you want to get into. I think people are now getting confused between the idea of making money, mm. which is different from the idea that they are, that is central to them. Okay. So if you're convinced about the, the idea that is so paramount in your heart and that burns your passion, mm. you know, that's something that is yeah. really driving you to entrepreneurship. Mm. Then, then that becomes a central pole around which the whole, your universe will revolve. revolve. So ultimately, you know, if you, if you can drive people to passion, uh, you know, I, I, I tell my team that, you know, I'm like a virus. Correct. You know, <laughs> they were talking about coronavirus mm -hmm. and I said, you know, I'm a virus. Mm -hmm. 
uh, come and meet me and i will uh, enchant you with uh, <laughs> the problem of identity wonderful fantastic so sanjeev thank you very much it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you and thank i you wish sir. you lots of success yeah i really enjoyed this conversation thank you for listening to the brand called you podcast be sure to visit tbcy.in to join the conversation access show notes and discover fantastic bonus content You can follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Simply search for the brand called you. Thank you and see you next week.